Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome again to the Empower Humans podcast. This is episode 165, my friends. It's been a while. I know we haven't had consistent episodes uh, these last couple months, um, but today we have a really exciting one. Matt Maddox. This uh, episode has been in the works for a little while. I've been talking to Matt for a couple years and uh, doing a lot of things. I went down and saw him in Phoenix and we did some work with the homeless and he's been doing this for years and years. Puts his money where his mouth is. Matt Maddox is the real article, the genuine article. Um, I will say we covered everything from parenting to his work with the homeless and what that all means. Uh, their work with, you know, big name people and, you know, guys like Russell Brunson and other celebrities, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Oprah and all these like amazing people that uh, he's known and worked with. I think I fouled up when I said in the podcast that it was September that, that Russell came down. I think it was back in May. And uh, he brought his sons and they worked with the homeless. He tells us all these stories. And uh, also we talk a little bit about the whole COVID thing. He doesn't like the whole – he doesn't want to use the word COVID. Um, so take it all with a grain of salt with whatever you believe and think. We had kind of a few minutes at the end where we just kind of talked a little bit about it and how I had this uh, illness and some of the things that have happened in society and believe what you want to believe. But uh, Matt is a very spiritual, religious person, but also doing some amazing, amazing work. He's the father of Caleb Maddox, who you may or may not have heard of, but uh, we talked a little bit about that. Caleb's got a massive following on social media and other things and uh, has done a lot with YouTube and he has a video out there called, uh, I don't know if it's called Chores, but it's about uh, what his dad, Matt, who we interviewed here, taught him about chores versus reading books and how to make money for real. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm rambling here. I just want you to know that this is a great interview. So before we jump into that, I want to remind you, as always, you're absolutely priceless. And along with that, you're not alone. We're at the holiday season as we record this. You may be listening to this in June, but whenever you're listening to it, I love you and uh, I value and appreciate you and you're, you're not alone. Trust me, I'm not just saying this as like trying to get a rise out of people or just be nice. I've felt alone a lot in my life, and and I can relate to some of what that all means. And uh, you know, reach out, you know, friends, family, neighbors, coworkers. As I always say, you can always reach out to me info at empowerhumans.com at empower101 on Instagram and on Twitter. Send a message. Um, reach out as needed. I've had to do that in my life, so I'm not uh, exempt. But uh, again, you are absolutely priceless and you're not alone. And uh, I want to remind you of our challenges. Study. Start studying. Keep studying. I've been doing this. I've been learning all about uh, all kinds of things as I learn about myself, about uh, personality tests and traits and uh, you know, biographies and different things that I've been studying and learning. I was listening to a book about Elton John <laughs> and other things like that. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd listened to the book about Dave Grohl that came out in October called The Storyteller, I believe. And uh, and then I went and saw Dave Grohl a couple weeks ago uh, for the Foo Fighters here in Las Vegas. So that was a wonderful uh, experience as well. I was right up by the stage. Literally, I had like one or two people in front of me. <laughs> so it was pretty awesome. But I digress. Uh, study is the first challenge. Make great moments. I've been doing that with my boys. I sat down and finished this Baby Yoda Lego set with my son the other day. I got my electric guitar out for my other son. And uh, we started working on that. I showed him some things and how to, you know, really enjoy music because I grew up with this stuff. And uh, just whatever it is in your world, whether you got kids or not or other people, make great moments. Usually it involves people. So find people that you care about and make great moments. Surprise, spend time with them. That's what matters in life. That's what's going to matter when this all comes to an end. And uh, the last challenge, let's keep doing this podcast together. Very simple. Um, I'm really excited to bring you this interview with Matt. Uh, you know, believe everything that you want to believe. I love the heck out of Matt. Really good guy. Taking care of uh, dozens and dozens of homeless people. And we got some uh, great things in the work 
in the works, both here in Vegas and other places as well where I am. And uh, so without further ado, here we are with the one and only Matt Maddox, father of the one and only Caleb Maddox, who we're going to bring on the podcast again soon. Here we go. What's up, brother? Hey, here we are. <laughs> made it. How many? How long have we tried to do this? Oh, it's. Uh, do we want to count? It's been a couple of years. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, nothing to be embarrassed. We've had a lot of nonsense going on in the world. I love the name of your podcast, Empower Humans. Tell me the the the, the backstory of the name. Well, it's uh, the real story is I had an eBay like e-commerce business for a while. And it was just this treadmill of going around and shipping inventory. And I didn't feel a lot of purpose. And it was the month of December of 2017, I think. And I asked God in the universe, I said, you know, I'd like to do something a little more uh, meaningful, here, <laughs> so something with a little more impact. And then oddly enough, the next month that business kind of fell apart. So I was like, well, be careful what you wish for. And then uh, anyway, it led me into doing the podcast. Uh, you ask for things and sometimes other doors close and new doors open, right? Dude, there's there's a verse in the Bible that says is the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's ways higher than our ways. No kidding. I found that to be true. <laughs> yes. Plan, but be flexible. You know, that's awesome, dude. Good for you. First of all, I'm excited to be hanging with you, man. I enjoyed hanging with you when you came down here in uh, Arizona. Wish we'd have hung out more. We will, though. We're only yeah. four or five hours away. Well, how far is Vegas from? How long does it take to get from Vegas to here? It's yeah, it's about five hours driving. I mean, it might as well drive because you go sit in the airport for an hour or two and then an hour flight. And by the time you do that, you're halfway plus <laughs> to the yeah. destination, right? 100%, so, dude, anything like any anything, anything that keep me from flying at this point in life, I do it. We're, we're working on a private jet at this point. Oh, OK. It's inevitable. Yeah. Come pick me up in Vegas. Well, uh, <laughs> Hundred percent, dude. We've got a lot oh, of homelessness here. About this, this yeah. will be fun, dude. Yeah, let's let's get rolling. Welcome, okay. welcome, Matt Maddox, to the Empower Humans podcast. This has been a long time coming, Matt, hasn't it? <laughs> Too long. I appreciate. First thing I got to say about you is I love your attitude. You know, <laughs> I appreciate your enthusiastic, positive attitude and your persistence, and just what a cool dude you are. You're naturally just cool. I've been around you interacted with you online it's cool when you meet people online that you meet in person you know yeah, yeah. being with you in person i was like this dude's legit man <laughs> tell me your story because i don't even know your full story uh wherever you want to start and of course your your caleb maddox's dad and by the way happy birthday to caleb yesterday he's 20 what the heck happened 20 years old i'll try to get him up here on this podcast he's downstairs in a meeting right now but yeah caleb maddox the author of this amazing book yeah keys to success for kids you know, dude, I mean, my, my backstory is basically I started out in ministry. Um, you know, I was a pastor. And when I was a pastor, I went through a divorce, sadly, and uh, became a single dad when my son was four years old. When Caleb Maddox was four years old, I became a single dad, moved into, you know, a small little apartment uh, right after my divorce, lost everything. You know, I was pastoring mm -hmm. a church. Um, you know, my son's mother had had an affair, which that brought on even deeper challenges of healing and just the whole divorce and adjusting to being single and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, dude, bottom line is, is, um, you know, I was a good dad. I was not a great dad. I was just a good dad, but you know, yeah. you bond with your kids, yep. you know, 
And especially when you become a single dad, you're like, man, I don't have as much time as I used to have. So you really like bond and really go all in when you're with your kids. And so like we just started this bond. And then I recognized that Caleb really needed me as his dad, as powerful as Sunday school was, as powerful as even his Christian school was, as great as his mom was. Yeah. He needed a father. He needed a present dad. So Dude, and when Caleb uh, was probably eight, I became extreme about being a dad. I literally changed my goals to life to I want to become the greatest dad in the world. You know how some people aspire to be an NBA basketball player. Some people aspire to be a, a millionaire. I, you know, I had had success. I had made a lot of money. You know, I had seen a lot of stuff. You know, I traveled yeah. the world, but at the end of the day. You know, to me, the ultimate success is your relationship with your kids and yep. the memories that you make with them, you know, and that you can say that you truly prepared them for this crazy world. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so that's we can get deeper into that. But that's kind of my backstory and how I became a single dad as well. How long have you been a single dad? Well, it was interestingly, I launched the podcast in April of 2018. And the next month we separated <laughs> and I thought, and it wasn't because of the podcast, I don't think, um, <laughs> but you know, I thought, well, maybe I'll just stop this, but something told me, keep going, just keep going. Yeah. I, I had to go stay up uh, and I was privileged to go stay with my dad up in the Bay area. We were living in LA at the time and uh, I just, I kept going with it. And in fact, while I was up there, I, uh, I reached out. I don't know if you ever heard of the, the book, The Boy Crisis. Dr. Uh, John Gray, who wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and uh, Dr. Warren Farrell. They wrote this book, and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, they live here in the Bay Area. So I sent them an email, and I was like, let's do an interview. And they said, sure, come to this house. So I interviewed those guys. All the oh, stuff yeah. you're talking about with fathers uh, is reminiscent of that book and interview, uh, The Boy Crisis. And uh, so some of the things I learned from these guys was that since we're talking about fathers um, in school, fatherlessness predicts most more than anything else the bully and the bullied more than any other factor and teen suicide even into young people in their 20s the biggest common thread between them is fatherlessness and oh. on and on and on and and so our society and the court systems i just you know did you have trouble being able to see caleb because a lot of dads do after you know custody issues boy the system is tough you know um i if there's any, if there's anybody in the world that I have a personal heart for, it's dads, it's men, um, single dads, especially, um, especially the ones that are fighting, that are having a hard time going through the system. And, you know, thankfully his mother and I, it was not easy. You know, we were not coffee drinking buddies. You know, we were not, <coughs> we get along great now, you know. And so I thank God for that, you know, and so it's, um, but it was not easy, man. So thankfully though, I, we had 50, 50 out the gate. So I was able, you know, that was never tampered with on my end, as far as, you know, she never kept him from me. In fact, good. even on her days, I would ask her, Hey, can I just come by for five minutes just to give Caleb a hug? I would literally drive 30 minutes to her house just to see him for five minutes. And I'm not exaggerating. Wow. I had awesome. a commitment to see Caleb every day. I wanted him to see his father 
every day, even on the days that he wasn't with me, whether I would ask her, could I pick him up from school? I would go have lunch with him at school. So I fought hard. I fought hard to spend time with Caleb uh, as much as his mom and I might have fought a lot as co-parents because we didn't see eye to eye. Yeah. Thankfully, neither one of us kept Caleb from each other. Uh, and I, I'm against parents that do that. Mm-hmm. Even if you have a toxic ex, unless they're abusive, you know, you need to celebrate your child's relationship with their father or mother. Yeah. You know, you should yeah. never be jealous, competitive, insecure about that. For sure. You know, I wanted Caleb to love his mom. I wanted them to be close because it's good for him as a man to have a healthy relationship with his mother. Of course. Well, I fought hard to instill those things in him, uh, Phil, uh, and to, to just be there. Like you said, the, you know, there's fatherless. There's kids. There's 20 million fatherless kids in America. Jeez. Yep. Can you fathom? But <sighs> then there's kids who have fathers who are basically fatherless because their dads aren't present. Yeah. How many kids do I know who live in beautiful homes they they take the best vacations they're they, they wear the best clothes mm-hmm. they have the things tutors you know everything they could want but their dad's not present they say the average child today spends 12 to 14 minutes with their dad that's a crime that's sad a lot of it's because there's so much uh you know the systems of this world are against men Mm. You know, against fathers, against the family union, against, you know, family. So, I, you know, I'm p- passionate about fatherless, Phil. I'm passionate about dads being dads and fighting. For sure. It's a fight, you know. Well, it I, is a I, fight to be yeah. a great parent in this society. How are you doing with it, man? It is. No, I, uh, in fact, I'm part of a couple single dad Facebook groups that people compare notes. And, uh, you know, I count myself lucky because I hear all these kind of horror stories where dads don't see their kids for months and moms are keeping them from them. And, and, you know, a lot of made up nonsense. I know there's two sides to every story. When, when I was a kid, my parents split up. But interestingly, my dad got custody in Albuquerque and my mom moved. She moved to Vegas of all places. And then she moved to some other cities, but she wasn't around. And so I have kind of a soft spot, too, for moms because I didn't have my mom around. And as we know, there's important roles that both parents play. Uh, And so, yeah, in her case, I, I, I want them, you know, I want to see them as much as I can, but I want them to have that influence because I can't be their mom. (laughs) I never will be just as my dad never was my mom. (laughs) Yeah. And and nor should parents try to make up for the other parent overcompensation can become unhealthy for our kids. Well, and it was never meant for, I mean, you could go to deep spiritual and religious places here. It was never meant for this to be done solo like one right. parent it was you know god institute of marriage and all this stuff whatever people believe that's fine with me but whatever it is i think we could all agree having a partnership male and female helps in the raising of kids as simple oh, as that yeah. <laughs> god's idea male female i mean how it's as simple as it is you know you none of us would be here without our fathers or our mothers there would right. be no life on earth without moms and dads yeah. and so you know, we've got to more than ever before empower families. So I love your podcast, Empower Humans. Yeah. You know, we've got to empower parents. For sure. We've I mean, got, go ahead. What's that? Well, no, I agree. Everything you're saying, it's, uh, and I know that you work a lot with parents in terms of like, well, 
what are some best parenting techniques too? I guess maybe it can differ a little bit between single parents versus, you know, we're both parents from the home, but what, uh, tell me what you learned, what insight, cause you've got now this 20 year old, amazing uh, son, Caleb. <laughs> yeah. Amen. I'm going to get signal for Caleb to come up here in a second and say hi to you. Um, <laughs> cool. You met him in person. Did you meet him when you were here? Was he out with us? We, no, he wasn't out with us there, but we met in San Diego at that, uh, that event okay. <laughs> out there. Yeah. What one was that? Was that uh Cervex or was that uh Dela Cruz's event? Was that, that was no, that was the parenting where you got sick, oh. I think. So you didn't show up at Caleb. Dude, was there. that is awesome. Yeah, I was Caleb in the was ER in Dallas, man. Um Boy, that was a rough, that was a rough, that was a rough time, man. But he went I out was, and played soccer with the kids. My boys were playing soccer. Caleb kicked the ball and my son got hit in the face, but you know, it was an accident. That I is think. so cool, man. <laughs> I definitely got to have him come up and do that would be a memory for him and him and Ryan both. Um, you know, I just, let me give it three. Let me give parents three things. I mean, number one, I always say, you know, you as a parent, we're not perfect. I mean, oh. so just accept that we are broken humans, you know. A lot of us parents are trying to figure it out. We're healing. We're healing from stuff in our childhood, relational stuff. You know, we're figuring out our callings. You know, there's a lot going on in a parent's world as it is. So I'm not going to at all. I've never, I'm not even close to a perfect parent. It would nope. shock people if they knew the amount of dad guilt that I care. Same here. <laughs> that I've had to like basically go to therapy to get rid of man because it's been that heavy you know the dad guilt um and i gave it my all but i and i still was flawed and made mistakes and have things that i regret to the point of like you know but anyways i will say this we as parents need to become the most positive abundant minded emotionally healthy spiritual people that our kids ever meet you know they're out in the real world they're seeing all kinds of people and you want to be the most positive powerful human that your kids ever meet so i'm yeah. big into the atmosphere of our home our homes being clean smelling good whether your home's a three-story house or you're in an efficiency you can make it a home caleb and i lived in a sunday school room when wow. I stopped preaching and I came off the road to be a full-time dad so I can go all in and be there every day of his life and be a dad and started my own business, Phil, we lived in a Sunday school room, but it was still a home, wow. you know, yep. kept it clean, make sure it smelled good, make sure every time our kids come home from school, you know, we need to have our game faces on as parents. Okay. Like there's certain times of the day that matter the mornings matter uh, you know our our mornings should be fun they should be full of energy they should be you know you don't want to send your kids out to eight hours of, first of all i'm deathly against schools i mean <laughs> deathly <laughs> so um okay. and i say i'm against schools i don't want anyone to misunderstand me i'm actually against schools <laughs> i don't think they're healthy for our children i don't think it's anyways i'm we'll go deeper into that but you know, I would say this, Phil, like the atmosphere of your home, you know, uh, what's it like at dinner time? Do you like candles? Do you know, do you turn off the phones? Are the phones off the table? Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe kids should be having the phones and screens. I think the curse of our society right now is the amount of screen times 
that's like the devil's laughing. He's like, oh, I got all the kids of the world. This is easy <laughs> because they're literally like six to 10 hours a day. These kids yeah. are in screens and they're, they're seeing all kinds of subliminal messaging and that stuff affects energy. There's a verse in the Bible that says my eye affects my heart. What our kids see affects them. It affects their energy. So I was big into daily habits. I was big into Caleb having a morning routine that was the same that put him in good vibes. Because yeah. remember, we're training our children. We're teaching them. You don't wait until they're 18 to show them how to be, how, you know, you're preparing them for adulthood. You're preparing them for independence. You're yeah. preparing them for this tough world out there. So I wanted Caleb to have a good morning routine, good daily habits. So I literally scored him on his daily habits. If you did your habit, you got 10 points. If you didn't do it, you got zero. So yeah. for his spiritual life, he had five habits. For his physical life, he had five habits. For his money, his, you know, even as a kid, I taught him money stuff and business stuff because I didn't want him to wait till he's 18 to try to figure it out. Right. You know, right. and so I had him doing five daily habits on spiritual, physical, money, and relational, fun, family, friends. And so because we lived in Florida, you know, we had a great morning routine. We had an awesome, you know, you know, we had great habits that kept us healthy, that kept us feeling good, that kept us feeling good spiritually, financially. And then we had a lot of friends and family because we believed in fun. And I made sure, like, I don't think families have enough fun. I don't think they have enough play. Yeah. Kids are playful. Mm -hmm. And so, like, every day after school, Caleb and I played. We went to the beach. We played ball. We went bike riding, you know. And we had a family fun box. And I took, like, 50 ping pong balls and wrote down all his favorite things that he likes to do. And every Monday night was family night. And it was fun because he got to pull from the family fun box and whatever ping pong ball he pulled out, we did that night. These are little, awesome. little things that you can do. I wrote yeah. him a note every day and put it in his lunchbox. This yeah. is when he was in Christian school. Yeah. And then, you know, once he became 11 or 12, which was way too, I waited way too long. You know, we put him in homeschool and from age 12, I think maybe 13 Caleb Maddox never did school again. I paid people to do his homeschool. So his brain never saw it. Yeah. Huh. Learning the right stuff. And he already had his basic education. He didn't need all that stuff. Well, let's talk yeah. about that real Very quick. Controversial. Yeah, well, no, I hear what you're saying. And uh, a lot of people already know about Caleb. He had this video uh, about chores uh, yeah. and he talks about you, his dad. Uh, and, and in fact, that's how I came to kind of know you guys. A lot of people did because that video got millions and millions and millions of hits. And and 44 million. Is that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. And uh, and I was talking to Caleb about that. But tell me the principle behind that video for those who may not have seen it and go find it. It's on Facebook and other places. But and, and then how that ties into the schooling thing, too, because I think it's all intertwined. A problem with our society is we are raising kids that need to be entertained 24 seven. This is very dangerous. Yeah. And this is what screens and, and just parents that have so much going on. It's so easy. Oh, go watch a show or go, you know, and there it's, I understand it. Okay. I get it. But this, a lot of this is because your home doesn't have structure, discipline, communication. A lot of it is because you're, you just, as a parent, you, you so I'm a believer that kids need more time to think, uh, time to, to be creative, 
alone time even in their rooms, playing, building, you know, and, and whatever. But the number one thing that I believe is missing from kids is, is what Will Smith says, running and reading. You know, we got to get our kids, our, you know, a lot of parents don't realize the power of keeping your kids physically. And I'm not talking about lifting weights at a young age. But I'm talking about like your kids being out running, yoga, swimming, biking, moving. Yeah, you know, absolutely. so good for our kids' brains, so good for their emotions. Second thing is reading. So what I did is I, I wanted to, I was always trying to train Caleb's subconscious as well as conscious. See, I worked as, with, with as much of Caleb's subconscious mind as I did his conscious mind, hence affirmations, hence visualization, hence vision boards, Hence, you know, what you, what you think about before you go to sleep, you know, matters. How you feel falling off to sleep matters. Yeah. You know, journaling, those little things. But, but Phil, if I could look at every parent, I would crawl on broken glass. If I could get parents to get their kids to fall in love with reading. Yep. So not, not every kid's going to naturally love reading because, you know, we just haven't created cultures of readers. Our homes, we should all be reading at night. Candles on, light music, phones off. Well, has anybody even experienced that anymore? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, we're so dull because of phones and social media. Our, our, our kids' minds are not as sharp as they should be. And it's dumbing down our children. And so I didn't want Caleb. First, I never let Caleb watch Disney ever. Zero. Really? No video games. People would think I was a very strict parent, but but he can't argue with the results. <laughs> I know a lot of kids who get, oh, you get to play. Look at their kids. Kids don't have any discipline. They don't have any manners. They don't have any fire. They don't have any passion. They don't have any creativity. They don't have no communication skills. Well, and, and so the I had Caleb reading and I, I sat him down. I said, Caleb, I'm going to give you $20. Yes. For every success book that you read, a leadership book, business book, sales book. Uh, and I gave him a stack of books, Phil. I literally gave him a stack of books. And I said, here you go. You start here. First book was Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Second was Think and Grow Rich. Third one was a book, I believe, by John Maxwell, Developing a Leader Within You. I got a whole list of books that I actually gave. I can give, get to you to give to your listeners. But yeah. the thing it is, Phil, is I gave him $20 for every book he read because, A, I wanted him to trigger or put a, a belief system because you, you literally, you, those that learn the most will earn the most. That's the bottom line. Readers are leaders. Leaders are readers. Caleb, you're a leader. You know, you're going to start your own business. You got you to instill these, these beliefs in your children young. You're an yeah. entrepreneur. You can be a millionaire by the time you're 16, you know? So, like, <laughs> I just started instilling in him a love for reading. We read the Bible every day, every day. Yep. And then read books. I would read, he would read. So, he'd see me reading as a dad. We'd talk about what we were reading. And, you know, he made some money, too. Every book you read, you get 20 bucks. You read 10 books as a kid, you're going to get 200 bucks, you know, yeah. bucks or whatever. Yeah, 200 bucks, whatever. So my, you know, Phil, my philosophy is I think parents should be having their kids reading a book a week, a book a month, uh, talking about books. We need to become fanatical about books because this is someone's wisdom. 
Like this is literally someone's wisdom and experience. It can save you time. It can get, it can change your life. It's good for your brain. It's good for kids' psychology. It's good for their creativity. It's good for their self-esteem. Kids that read have healthier self-esteem. Kids that read have more mental focus. Trust me, you as a parent, your life will get easier if you get your kids fired up about reading. Well, and it's it's more simple. And thanks for explaining that. It's more simple than we make it sometimes. It's kids are you talk about incentives like 20 bucks, you know, that's that's something for a kid versus like in the and the premise of that video was I remember Caleb said that your his dad, you came to him and said, you know, if if I pay you to go take out the garbage, I'm gonna teach you to be a garbage man or yeah. you know, do the dishes, you're gonna do that stuff anyway. We have a home, we have things we have to do as part of maintaining a home. But the way you're going to you're going to get ahead and make money is by doing the things and teach them the things like you did that will make him money in life. Right. And uh, so I love that. What, what else do you want to say about schools? And I know some of this people will agree and disagree, but I want to hear your side of the story. And, and by the way, I tend to probably agree with what you have to say, because I've I've been in school and I've seen how the schools and God bless them. You know, they mean well, these teachers and counselors and everybody at the schools, but uh, at the same time, and then in the bigger sense of, okay, everyone has to go to university and get six figures of student loan debt to go get a master's degree to then go work at Domino's. No offense. Cause I know that's not the path of everybody. A lot of people don't, they go be other things. Uh, but it's, it's not the only way for sure, especially in an era, the information age in which we live. I'm long-winded here, but talk to me about schools. And then I want to, I want to jump into some of the things with the homeless work you're doing, but go ahead. Yeah, Phil. I mean, look, we need school. It's I'm not anti-education at all. I'm for, I mean, first of all, you talk about education. Let's just talk about how kids learn. I mean, if you think, if you think that raising powerful humans is putting them through a 16 year education system of sitting at a desk, and listening to lectures and memorizing stuff and taking tests. Dude, that's the stupidest thing. I feel like I've, here's what I'm, I, Phil, you wanna know my real feelings? Please. I've often said to Caleb and my friends over the last six months, guys, I believe I've time-lapsed. I'm in a different society. Like I can't relate with these humans. I can't relate with these people's thinking. I can't relate with the logic. This doesn't make sense. Like so much has shocked me, even to the fact of how how protective parents are, but how delusional they are that the education system literally is like your kids basically being kidnapped. Yeah. I mean, it's like you are giving your kids away to the darkest, most deceptive, uh, delusional uh, form of education. Uh, there's no way if I had a child tomorrow, if I had a baby, I would be homeschooling. I I'm, I'm more for unschooling, taking your kids and, and, and teaching them the ways of life, you know, traveling. But, but some would say, some would say, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I'm yeah, not great. I like sides. That. Some would say, Hey Matt, uh, but what about, you know, kids go to school and they learn, supposedly they learn social skills and interact with others and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, sometimes uh, these kids who are homeschooled, they end up being kind of loners or whatever too. What do you say to that? And again, I'm not taking sides. I'm just devil's advocate here. No, I love the devil's <laughs> advocate. No, I love that, Phil. You're really good at your podcast, by the way, buddy. <laughs> um, 
Philly, the thing of it is, bud, is um, let's talk about lifestyle. What, what, what way of life were we sold? This is like, we were sold a way of life of get a college, get a job. There's 52 weeks a year, work 50 of them. Maybe you get two weeks off yeah. and you basically live for a week vacation for the rest of your life and a few holidays. Is that a lifestyle? I mean, so no, I mean, I, I don't relate like, and, and I know people live it. I know people have to live in that way of life only because of the brainwashing only because they don't really have a belief strong enough to cause them to take a risk to get out of it. There are people, dude, that live so different than the traditional lifestyle. So yeah, the traditional lifestyle, I understand why there would be a devil's advocate. But if you're talking about 18 years is not a lot of time. Do you have a passion to travel together as a family? See, like we would go spend months in other cities. We had total freedom because of homeschool and because of my entrepreneurial and because of us traveling and doing business together as well. I know not every family has that opportunity. Okay. Yeah. But the point is, is there is a way of life of freedom of you talk about social. Okay. Let's talk about social. This is the biggest myth that kids that don't go to school. Listen, do you think that school makes our kids more social? Look at our society. I mean, if 16 years of education produces this, no, thank you. I mean, what is social about this? I know people that went to school for 12 years and then college four years and still suck socially. <laughs> so that's not the answer, you know, but, but I had great friends. I, I made sure as a dad, because I, I got Caleb around a lot of abundant kids, powerful kids, powerful families, you know, so I create, you got to learn to create your own micro community within a community. Yeah. You know, we don't create, see, I created micro, I created my own world basically for Caleb. You know, yep. I was so strict. I say, I, and I don't like to say I, you know, but I have to sometimes, but you know, but back then, Phil, I, I was like, you know, I made sure Caleb had friends, baseball. We played sports. He was in karate. He was, I took him to yoga you know, we, I had his friends over all the time, you know, and because I traveled and we traveled so much and I had a lot of people on my team that loved on Caleb and their kids were his friends. And it was like, he never hurt socially. I don't know too many kids that hurt socially. There is far greater damage that can happen to a kid by going to school for 12 years, you know, than they ever could by there's, there, the, the, there's not even close to the comparison of potential damages kids that are homeschooled are far more advanced in every way the majority of them i would say hmm that's, a, that's your thoughts point. your yeah. thoughts my my thoughts i thought yeah. i well see i didn't do homeschool uh i think you you gotta have parent involvement if you're gonna do it but that's me speaking out of out of school so to speak <laughs> because i wasn't i didn't do homeschool i went to the public schools like most people and, uh, but I can see the value of it. I could see, you know, what a friend of mine told me, cause he's, he wants to get an RV and go just like have a home here and a home here and spend three months here and three months here and, yeah, just go yeah, travel. You, yeah. and he said, well, you could do that too. Just get your boys out of school, get them homeschool, get them online with, with a teacher that they can work with, whether you're in 
rural South Dakota or Orlando or somewhere else in the country, they could still do school and you could still travel the country and, and have like real field trips. We're actually showing up to uh, the Washington Monument and Mount Rushmore and and like real like family field. Trip. I was like, well, this is this is awesome. I'm not quite positioned where I'm ready to do it yet. My boys are 12 and nine and I time will fly and they'll be 20 also and 30 and beyond. Take it from me. Last night I sat there as my son's 20th birthday and I thought, oh time it just dude it does go by fast dude if i if your your sons are 12 and 9 i would tell you by next year i would have them 100% homeschooled if you can uh and like you said i mean and then travel dude travels where it's at for kids it's so good for them emotionally yeah. mentally create it, get them out see the world like you said see history rather than read it go see it hey yeah. this is where such and such happened and there's so many ways to do that you know minimalism got me in minimalism changed my life. This is what afforded me to be able to do all that we did until I was able to, you know, afford it, uh, was minimalism, literally yeah. getting rid of everything. Distractions, so down man. To maybe two or three outfits. Everything you have can be put in one suitcase. Yeah. Dude, that's well, a whole new way of life, but I, freedom. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, and I know you're good friends with uh, like Russell Brunson and all kinds hey. of guys that everybody knows. And uh, you were telling me Russell came down there did, with his yeah. kids to, to have an experience because, and this is a nice transition into what you do for the homeless because uh, he wanted his boys in particular to, to be on the front lines, helping the homeless in the streets of hot Phoenix at the time. Cause this was like September or something as I recall. And uh but talk to me about that, the homelessness and, and even a guy like Russell coming down to do that with you, because I know you do tons of work and you put your money where your mouth is. You're not just talking a big game. You're out on the streets, hugging and loving and blessing and inviting the women and veterans to the front of the line every week. And I watch these videos come on and I want to burst into tears half the time, too, because oh, it's just awesome. awesome. But go ahead. T tell me. Tell me your side of the story. I tell me about Russell, that, too. Bill. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. You know, Caleb Maddox, I took him on 54 missions trips. We, he, you can ask him right now if he comes up here every Friday morning of his life. And I mean, every Friday we were under the bridge at 5 a.m. Bringing Starbucks coffee to the homeless. A hundred cups is what we would buy out of our own money. Awesome. When he was four when he was five when he was six and i mean every friday through life and then we switched to sunday night pizza parties when he was about 15 due to our travel schedule and whatnot we couldn't necessarily make friday mornings so we moved it to doing pizza parties and they love pizza uh and so we just started doing it, it was just he and i out of our own money we would go buy you know pizzas and, and I've always led missions movements. I have one now called the Jesus mission. Yep. And, um, we could talk about that in a little bit if we've got time for not nice. next episode, but I'm good if you are, but anyways, long story short about Russell Brunson is, uh, he had been following our journey since, I mean, my goodness, when Caleb was probably 13, I remember Russell Brunson reaching out and I'll never forget. He was like, um, wanted to, to, uh, interview Caleb for something. Yeah. And he was like, Caleb, I should have you speak at Funnel Hacking Live. And I was like, done deal, Russell. Let's make it happen. I was like, he's in. And uh, so he, we just started. Then he flew us out there uh, for two days to hang with his family because he wanted Caleb to be around his kids. Yeah. 
And we did a, uh, he was doing a TV show back then and he did a TV show on us and he built a funnel for Caleb's first business or one of his earlier businesses, uh, Kids for Success. And uh, Russell Brunson built the funnel for Caleb and his business partner, Emily. Nice. And uh, anyway, so they did a big deal. And so we've always been close, you know, and he, he called me one day and said, I want to bring my boys down to feed the homeless with you and Caleb. And he's, he'd actually been wanting to do this for two years. And quite frankly, at first, he's like, dude, I'm just outside of my comfort zone. He's like, this is just out of my comfort zone. You know, he was like, so I kept sending him boxers saying, come on, man, you know, trust me, you'll love it. It'll be fun. Um, <laughs> and so finally, you know, he sent us a message saying, okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm bringing my boys. He brought his two boys, uh, Dallin and Bowen, great young men, just good dudes, and uh, he really wanted them to not only feed the homeless, but he wanted them to be around Caleb and I. And he wanted to, he really wanted them to break through. They were your typical teenage boys that were at that, that, that point in life where they could go either direction. Yep. So, dude, he came down for three days, actually. And we ended up, uh, we had so much fun. It was just he and his video, video team and his two boys and Caleb and I. And of course, our team, but we would ride together and we would take him on personalized missions. And then we went and fed the homeless every night while he was here. And then we ended up doing like a three and a half hour podcast. Yeah. And here's what my biggest takeaway is, is first of all, Russell's real. I mean, the dude's a hardcore Mormon. Uh, He's I believe he's a billionaire if he's not close. I mean, ClickFunnels is, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not already valued, you know, at that. So just at least he's worth the half a billion. Uh, but no matter what, it's at that point, it's just all numbers, whether it's a half a billion or a billion, you know, and he's got a lot of followers and he's, he's a very yeah. clean, good dude. And what I love about Russell Brunson is, you know, a couple years ago, everybody thought I lost my mind and I went through a tough time and I went through a time where I just burnt the ships and, you know, I did went through a tough time, you yeah. know? Yeah, you did. Uh, I'll forever respect the fact that Russell Brunson, because a lot of people, you know, they don't when, when you're when you're at the bottom, you know, they're not there. But when you're on top, they're all there. You know, I've been at both places. What I love about Russell is he came down. He didn't care. He put it on his podcast. He put us everywhere all over his stuff. Absolutely unashamed, promoted it, loved it. He told Caleb and I with tears. He's like, dude, I will do anything for you, too. You have an open checkbook. You can call me 24-7, anything you guys need. And just had a great time, dude. Very good time. And then even at FHL, you know, we spent a lot of time with his sons. His sons are doing awesome. Caleb mentors his teenage boys. Uh, he's got yeah. them into entrepreneurship. He's got them quitting school soon. I mean, he's, you know, Caleb, he don't play when he mentors people. He's t- way tougher than I am. <laughs> like, dude, you know, he's like... Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that was fun. It was, but yeah, that was a good time. And we do that every Sunday night. We go at 444 and we feed the homeless. Yeah. Just as a give back. But it's not just the food. For us, it's more the love. Like you said, it's, it's the encouragement. It's, it's the smile. It's them seeing, hey, there's hope, you know. And a lot of the homeless that we encourage and empower, they do get off the street. You know, we've had at least right. three since we've been going down there in Phoenix that have been able to get apartments and, you know, when we can, we do housewarming parties for them. You know, we help them out with furniture and we got a good relationship with them. We really do love them. We love those people down there. Caleb goes just about every Sunday night. That's awesome. He, he, he asks his team to come. His team comes sometimes. 
And it's just basically, dude, it's just going down to give back. I mean, that's all there is to it, to encourage. I mean, you know, why the homeless? Because, dude, there's millions of homeless in America. Um, So the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, you know? Well, and and so many, I love the work you're doing. So many people, myself included at times, it's like you see the guy on the side of the road begging with a sign or different. Now, granted, I've stopped and helped too, but I've also passed them up at times. And, And we all can sit there with the guilt in our hearts. But I mean, these are it's not for me to make anyone feel guilty. Uh, but these are someone's child, someone's son or daughter, someone's brother or sister, certainly our brother and sister, let's be real. And, and these are messages I've gotten from you where it's like, let's not just look at them as some dirty, even if there's mental illness or drugs or other things. And especially you've got folks like veterans, like the fact that we even have a term where we would say homeless veterans is that should that. be an oxymoron in America. Right. That should not exist. This is America. And the fact that we're even here able to be free and come and go as we please and, and pursue opportunities is largely because of these guys and gals who did these things. And, and they're living on the streets. Uh, I mean, this, this is, I think, good lessons. T- tell me about some of the people. To some of the people you guys work with in, in the homeless, because I know I met a, some of them while I was down there in Phoenix uh, with you guys in Scottsdale and stuff. Who are who are some of these people? Let's put let's put some real people behind these faces. Yeah, dude. I mean, right where I live in Old Town, where we live, it's a cozy little place. It's a very wealthy area. It's beautiful. And there's probably 10 homeless people in this little Old Town area, this little small Town. And you know all they're, of them. They're like my family. I know them all. Uh, first name basis. I've hung out with them. Lunch, dinners. I'm with them literally, Phil. When I and I, I say this, it's my for me. It's daily. Okay, I'm daily with the homeless because I believe when you sit with the homeless, you're sitting with God. You know, I learn a lot from the homeless, dude. They're, these people depend on God two four seven. They're out in this weather. To they're in. They're out literally sleeping on the sidewalk on benches. I I can take you and show you 70 year old ladies. You know, there's at least three elderly ladies, right? Two to three minutes from my front door. And I feel kind of called to take care of them, whether it's bringing them breakfast, lunch, coffee, when it's cold, you know, making sure they have what they need. One of them, her name is Sarah. I believe you met her. She's a, 76 year old lady homeless i believe she's probably an angel you know a lot of these homeless people could be angels bible says to entertain strangers because sometimes you entertain angels unaware uh but no at the end of the day dude first of all i tell my son and everybody else dude you get to meet heroes you listen everybody wants to meet celebrities why (laughs) what for right it's like dude i've hung with them all like dude let me tell you and I told even, you know, even I remember me telling you guys, you meeting hers better than meeting Oprah. Like these, these homeless people are powerful. Yeah. Look, we look at them. They're dirty. They failed. You assume they're druggies. You assume they're drunk. A lot of them are not. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so for me, um, dude, I could tell you a thousand homeless stories. I've been doing this since I was, 20 i'm 46 i know it's hard to believe phil we're getting old buddy but uh, 41 yeah 41 we're in our 40s so no 40s <laughs> is great to me the 40s is the most magical age but anyways um cool. 
Yeah, dude. I mean, so I, Sarah's one of the ones that we kind of like, she's 76. She feels called of God. She's, she's on a God assignment. I've asked her, Hey, can we help you get a place? It's like, no, I even tried to buy her an electric scooter and she wouldn't take it. She's yeah. totally 100% feels like God's called her to do this. Wow. And because she does take care of the homeless and she's just a very unique lady. She feeds the pigeons. She feeds these alley cats. She's always doing good because she's older. People bring her food. I've watched it happen. And then all these other little homeless people will come to her and she feeds them. So when I'm feeding her, I'm also feeding other homeless people. But, dude, it's just awesome. I mean, you know what, dude? I was, I was down there last week, Phil. Met a young man named Matt. He's 19 years old. He came out of a tent. Uh, one of our buddies, Corey, who we love. You probably have seen him in our videos, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to remember, talking about the fatherless, dude, a lot of these people down there don't have dads, man. And, uh, dude, it's hard for me because anytime I look into the eyes of these people, I think, well, what if this was Caleb? Cause dude, I've met millionaires that, that are homeless. It can happen to you. Don't think it can't. Um, yep. anyways, I looked at this 19 year old kid. He'd been in and out of foster homes and you know, that stuff's tough on kids, man. Psychologically, mentally, they lose their stability, their confidence. Many of them get molested and you know, uh, He's 19 years old, living in a tent. My son's 19 years old, living in a, basically a mansion. Yep. My son's 19, you know, and I looked at their 20. lives. I'm just like, dang, you know, what if that was Caleb Maddox? Yeah. So I tenderly am down there as if this is my son down here, you know? Uh, that's a and good that's way how to do I it. go at it, even with all the missions that I do, even with the fatherless, you know, how do I teach these kids as if this was Caleb? When I go into a homeless teen shelter, and I'm looking at 200 homeless teens. I'm like, what if this was Caleb Maddox? How would I talk to them? How would I feed them? How would I encourage them? How would I love them? You know, and that's what fuels me, dude. So yeah, wow. the Jesus mission is a very insane, fun, wild, adventurous missions trip in America. Uh, we're going once a, once a week, or not once a week, God have mercy, even once a month, once a month <laughs> to a major city in America such as New York, such as Chicago, such as Phoenix, such as Los Angeles. I don't know if Vegas is on our list, but it should be. I'm going to make sure it is. Yeah, we're up the road yeah. from you, man. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a good amount. I shouldn't say good amount. There's a fair amount of homeless people in Vegas, too. We got 2 million people in Clark County. Um, so Vegas has grown a lot over... Whoa. Back in the 80s, it was a couple, two or 300,000. And since then, 20, 30 years later, plus... We've got 2 million people living here, more than that. So anyway, yeah, Vegas is, is a unique city that way. But outside of that, and, and I appreciate you explaining that, because when you talk about, okay, let me see these people as if they were Caleb, that changes everything. Oh. If you're pulling up off the, you know, off the uh, exit of the freeway and there's a guy or gal or whatever there, and you see this, you just look at them and, and see it as this is my brother, this is my daughter, or this is whatever, uh, it changes everything. You're going to open your wallet and you're going to give them encouragement just as, yeah. as I would, at least for my kids. Um, and what started you on this, by the way, did something happen because were you homeless? What happened? I don't want to pry, but no, what, okay. what happened, man? Ask me anything you want, man. Um, dude, first and foremost, I am filled with God. I mean, I've had, I've been blessed to have, a very close relationship with God. 
um, for many years. With that, when you spend time with God, dude, your heart is going to break for people because that's the heartbeat of God. You know, when you under when you really understand Jesus and not the Jesus that religion taught us, dude, you'll become a fanatic about missions, about reaching the poor. Really understand the gospel that it's not a steeple and a fancy choir and a big church. It was about the broken, the dirty, the lepers, the maimed, the 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 handicapped, the 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 poor, the sick, the, those in prison. It was the lower caste of society, if you would. Yeah. So that kind of revelation of just the real work of Jesus. Dude, it set a fire in me, Phil. I've and then I've been I've been on so many missions trips, and when you see what I've seen, it's like they say, you know, uh, these two boys were running down the ra- the 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 train tracks from this train trying to escape. One of the brothers got stuck. The other brother got free, but the brother that got free came back to pull his brother's leg out, and you know. The article said, you know, the the kid whose leg was caught, the brother freed it up and got him off the tracks, but the brother who set him free died. And the the article is called, one was caught by the tracks, the other one was caught by the heart. Dude, I've been caught by the heart, Phil. I've looked in the eyes of too many people. I've heard their stories. Where did it start? It started when I was in Bible college and they appointed me to, I was appointed when I was a student at Bible college. My Bible college president hired me in his church to lead his outreach department at the age of 19. And then he hired me to lead the outreach at our school. And so I had a hundred plus preachers that my job was to book them on the weekends in churches throughout Missouri and Illinois and Arkansas and Iowa. So I would call pastors and say, Hey, I got this Bible school student. You want to have them come preach in your church this weekend. But I made it a rule. It's the first time it's ever happened. And it's never happened since that in order to go preach in the pulpit, you first had to go preach in the streets. You had to go with me to feed the homeless. You had to go to, you know, go to the, to the inner city and to the roughest neighborhoods. And so I was like that at a young age. And it's just, the passion never died and being in it, I've seen it. And now I live to go get them. I know, I know God has given me the solution by the grace of God to help heal and save America. I really believe it's coming. Uh, You can't have as much wealth as we have. Like you said, the millions of hotels and Airbnbs that go empty every night, the millions of homes that are the 400,000 churches in America, 400,000 church buildings all in the name of Jesus with all the billions of dollars that churches bring in across. And we haven't solved poverty in our own country, the America. So like, dude, the passion, spending time with God, seeing the brokenness, seeing what a difference it makes in their lives, dude. I've seen it, Phil. I've been there. I've I've walked in. I've walked in Detroit down the worst neighborhood and seen a mom and their sons sleeping in their car. And I've been in the worst of the worst shelters where there's homeless children and single moms living there. No air conditioning. Hot summers. The yeah. food's horrible. <laughs> the walls are gray. You know. So 
Dude, it's just, I've been in it. I've been in the field. I've been in the streets. I've been, you know, you look, you are looking at a guy that's, I haven't read it. I've been in the middle of it, building it, doing it, sir. And it broke me, Phil, to the point where my passion uh, for people broke me because I couldn't, I couldn't take seeing the amount of poverty and brokenness out there among our teens. There's, Phil, there's over 2 million homeless teens in America. Yeah. You know, I went wow. to Seattle and saw hundreds of homeless teens. Talk about thinking of what if this was Caleb. This is when Caleb was a teenager. I had him sitting there with me as we were bringing 100 sleeping bags to these teenagers. And my son is with me as our minivan is packed with sleeping bags. And I'm putting my hand on his shoulder and say, Caleb, this could be you. Mm. You know, we asked these kids, why are you here, man? It's safer out here, safer out here than in those foster homes. Wow. Safer out, safer out here than in those shelters. You know, and I'm looking in the eyes of a 14-year-old. They don't have parents, dude. Their parents are in prison or they're whores. Or they don't even know who their parents are. It would shock us if we knew the amount of brokenness that's minutes outside away yeah. uh, from where we all live. And we just need to be, we need to be about the business, man. These people all have stories. They all have, uh, it reminds me of a few, I, this is a while ago, probably 10, 12 years ago. There was a, a viral video where this, this guy came up on this homeless man. You probably saw this and, and he's homeless in the street begging essentially, but he also had this cool radio voice. I don't know if you remember this. He was like an announcer on the radio. I don't remember his name off the top I of my head. I remember that. And, and so he blah, 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 radio voice. And everyone was like, whoa. And, uh, but he had the story and he'd fallen into some, you know, bad habits and some things that led him to be on the streets and, and whatnot. I don't know the whole story, but it was like, and that he really hit me hard. And I think a lot of people, that's why it went viral that these are people that they're not like a different race or species. These people have a story. And he was, yeah. I think he was a good testament to that. And uh, Powerful. I remember that exactly the guy you're talking about. Wasn't that so moving? Cause he was, yeah. It was his moment in time, dude. He got on look good, good morning America and everybody wanted to hire him because of his voice. And I heard they were going to hire him to be the announcer at the Cavs in uh, Cleveland, but I don't know wow. what, what happened with that. <laughs> it was, it was a cool you just story. never know. You just yeah. never know who you're, who you're um, serving, who you're impacting, you know? Well, uh, everybody has gold in them. Everybody has greatness in them. When I look at the homeless, I literally don't see them as failures. I look at them. I have so much respect for them. And even the people on the side of the road, Phil, I'm with you. I've passed them. I've often thought, yeah, you know, they're a scam or whatever. But I made up my mind a long time ago. No matter what, I'm at least going to say hi to them. If I'm stopped at a light and I don't have coins or cash, I'll always give something no matter what, even if it's love. Because just in case it's Jesus or an angel, or they really need it. I'd rather err on the side of, hey, they're going to take this $5 and do whatever. Who cares, right? Yeah. The blessing, the moment you give it, that's when God blesses it. You know, if they do something else with it, which I don't usually traditionally give a lot of cash to homeless people anyways. Even when I go down on Sundays, I usually don't bring cash on purpose. Yeah. But hey, sometimes it's good to give them cash. Who don't like an extra 20, you yeah. know? Well, yeah. And someone told me a while back that if, if you just carried around an extra five bucks at all times or, you know, whatever, and you just made a point that whatever, without judging or deciding who these people were and, 
throughout a year, you might go through a hundred to $200 maybe just like when you're stopping at a light and someone's there and it doesn't matter if they're going to go buy alcohol or whatever. Yeah. We prefer that they didn't, but, uh, that, that, that kind of idea just stuck with me. And I read, you know, and I have my own belief system and it's very spiritual God-based kind of thing. Uh, and I respect what others believe, but I read too, aren't we all beggars? Aren't we like, yeah. even, the, even the guy in the mansion, we're begging to have breath to breathe and, and, you know, life to live and everything else for our hearts to beat. And, and therefore, who are we? We're, we're just as much the dust of the earth as they are. So anyway, I'm preaching, preaching, but what final thoughts do you have? I don't want to take your whole day. I could talk to you for hours and hours. Well, man. I could too. I mean, what do you want to talk about? What's, what do you carry? Fill with like <laughs> the rawest curiosity you have. Well, what I think with the homeless is I've got a plan in place. Maybe we, we, maybe we call Russell, but there's so much commercial space. There's so much extra land in this country and to acquire, plus all this commercial space, a lot of it's just going to heck because COVID and whatever else it's, there's just open space. You could convert this help the homeless. Um, I want to buy some land and put some tiny homes out there and stuff as well. Give them a roof, at least give them a boost to, to then uh, jump into that next level in life to, to get out of this and then lift somebody else. It's like a pay it forward kind of routine. So those are some of my thoughts. Uh, and when you come to Vegas, let's go scope out some land and we'll do the same. <laughs> Buddy, I got to tell you, listen, I love your idea with that. And those are the exact things that I believe God that what you just said or what we need to do. We just need to say, you know what, let's get a bunch of us together. Let's all put our money together and let's get a thousand homeless people off the street, whether it's in tents or tiny homes or RVs, you know, or, you know, buying uh, hotels up or Airbnbs. I don't know. There, there are ways we can do this. And there does need to be more creative brainstorm with people like us to say, OK, hey, we really care you know, let's do it. And um, yeah, I want you to be a big part of the Jesus mission, Phil. So we definitely need to talk about this, man. Well, we will. Uh, we'll, we'll talk offline and then we'll reconvene on, on the podcast and <laughs> tell everyone sure. what we came up with. <laughs> but, Absolutely, man. Uh, yeah. The thing of it is, is, you know, Phil, we all got tested. Okay. Uh, the world did end. I mean, people can say whatever they want, but the world is, we know it's not coming back. It's, it's forever changed. And uh, to me, um, probably right before this all happened, Father's Day before, my son turned 18, the year of, you know, I don't even say that word because I hate it. You know, there's the C word, you know, for me saying the C word is like COVID. You know, I'm sorry. I'm like, not trying to. This is the word the you're talking about. Church mother saying the F word. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, imagine like your sister in church you know, the, the godliest lady just dropping an F-bomb. <laughs> that, that, for me, is saying the C word. That's the Why is that, though? Bible. Huh? Let's play devil's advocate on the whole. I'll say the C word. And I hope I don't yeah, offend you, you but the whole yeah, COVID yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, I know you have very, very strong feelings on this. Why, yes. I mean, we could go another half hour. I don't want to. I don't want to drag you out. I'm, I'm good, dude. Let's go. Let's. We can at least talk about what's your question about it. Well, about, listen. Why don't I? Or? Well, the. I think it's clear that this thing is real, but at the same time, I know that you have strong feelings about how real and how much all the masks and all this, I've known people who, who have died from this, a couple, a, a yeah. couple dads of some friends of mine in Albuquerque and my former stepdad, by the way, yeah. he was 80 years old 
and these other ones were uh, 60s, 70s plus. But so what are your thoughts about it? Because I think it's indisputable that it's there, but maybe you don't. I mean, I just want to hear your thoughts and people take everything with a grain of salt of whatever they want to think. But tell me. Yeah. And I, I respect other people's opinion as well. I mean, you know, but let's just deal with the facts, bud. First and foremost, this was all satanic. So let's just talk about the root, not the fruit. The root of this, and this might be a little too extreme for the podcast. I don't Could know. Could be, but, out, but I asked. Um, <laughs> this is all satanic. The six feet apart, um, social distancing, uh, all that stuff. This was a plan. This was not an accident. Um, this was all coming out right at the same time. The uh, Hollywood sex thing was broken up and all the stuff with Epstein and the stuff came out about, you know, uh, human trafficking, you know? Uh, so having said that, um, I don't say the word first and foremost, is it real? I don't know. I know that the amount of time I do know the power of energy and thoughts and beliefs can create it. Job said that, which I greatly feared has come upon me. You can talk about something long enough and actually get it, whatever it is, you know, but let's get real. What happened to the flu? Same amount of people die of the flu, same amount. The facts are the facts, Phil. The facts are, even if you get whatever that is, 99.7%, I believe it is, survive it. The, I don't know. You got down the whole world for that and you can't. So like, I'm so, for me, this is a spiritual battle. You know why I don't say it? Because it's an enemy of my day. And I have so much power over it and I'm pissed off at it that I don't believe any of us should ever say that word again. We should take that and bury it to burn every mask because we got deceived as a society. This hurt families. This hurt children. This hurt businesses. This was demonic. This was satanic. So no, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. When people ask me, you know, I'm like, no, you want to hear another side of this that the truth is, now they're coming up with others. I, I could go deep into it. No, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm someone who just looks at the truth and realizes the truth is the truth. You know? Well, yeah. And, you I, know, and I appreciate you got patents on you. How would you patent a disease? They're profiting billions on the, 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 the jab. Come <laughs> on. You know, look what they're doing in America. They're, they're, they're kicking people out of the military. Healthy well, and I, young I, people who have perfectly healthy immune systems. Dude, to me, the actual pandemic, if you would, is not the C word. It's the jab and what's in the jab. Hmm. I'd rather have the C word than the jab. I'd rather have the actual disease than what's in that jab. Yeah. I would bet on my immune system. And what I know heals that all day. So let's. Well, I mean, I, for one, so last, last December, it was the day after Christmas, the 26th. And I started feeling sick. I started getting, you know, how you get, getting chills and stuff. I was like, uh-oh. And, and I went in and they tested and they said, you've got this thing, the, the COVID. And uh, it wasn't it, like, it was legit. So I can speak from experience that this thing is real. I oh, know yeah. there's strong, there's strong feelings. I can't speak to 
some of the things you're saying about demonic and whatever, and I'm not, and I'm not minimizing any of what you're saying. All I can say is, I believe there's a, there are a lot of uh, undercurrents in our society that lead to the things that happen. Uh, but I, when I, I say demonic, it doesn't necessarily have to be some dark looking demon that's all, you know, whatever we see in the music industry sometimes and all that. But I'm talking about the deception. No, I believe it's actually real. I believe the disease is real. Okay. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Okay. But I'm saying that the amount of vibration that humans set off with, we probably spoke that word. Remember, words create. Words attract. Yeah. It's a vibration. That's why I don't say it. Uh, So, but the amount of times we said it, dude, you don't think that attracts? You don't think the amount of times we, as a society, we probably spoke that, that word more than we spoke the word love. (laughs) <laughs> probably well you Everything think about was, see this see this see this oh because of this because of this see this for ye- for the last two years that's all we've heard of course people are gonna get it because well, of the fear you... of it because yeah. of the fact that we're already sick as a society as it is let me talk about the education system's broken let's talk about the food system most of our food isn't even real yeah most Boy, of our got... food is actually created to give us disease <laughs> We got am a I lot going of, too, hey, am I going too extreme here, Phil? No, no. In fact, I interviewed another guy. We talked all about that and the, and the vibration that he's talked about assimilating energy through food and green juices and all kinds of stuff. And he does a lot of intermittent fasting. And, and so I, you know, I think people need to learn this stuff because at the end of the day, it's about everything we do either uh, empowers and frees us or enslaves and uh, you know, puts us in, in prison in some capacity. So we have to decide what's what. And, and boy, I could go on and on with this whole thing. Uh, but, you know, one of the things yeah, my dad know. said, what, one of the things my dad said, Matt, was that the, what, the way the news media works is they thrive on people being agitated. Uh, you know, advertisers coming on and, and, and people being agitated makes them want to buy something and go get comfort and go order a pizza or whatever else they're advertising on TV. Uh, and, and so we have to take everything that's on the news media with a grain of salt, but I don't want to go too deep in the rabbit hole. I really do appreciate and fully respect everyone's opinions, including yours. Um, some people's may differ. I hope we can all respect each other. And I just, the last thing I would say, Phil, no matter what side you're on with it. Okay. Is no matter what united, we stand divided. We fall. Yeah. The bottom line is hopefully we're all united about this. Every human should have freedom. <laughs> Every child should have freedom. Every child. Okay. Okay. I think we can all unite about that. And that we all should be here on earth loving our families like crazy, having fun, enjoying life, being healthy, eating raw fruits and vegetables, enjoying sunsets and nature. Okay. And not allowing ourselves to be stuck into all the negativity and all the, there's so much negativity around this. And so much, you talk about brainwashing. If, if the news is talking about this 247 for two years, that's brainwash. You've got to unplug, whether it's social media or media, they're both dangerous to constantly feed your mind. So remember that this was all for an awakening. This is to awaken us back to love, back to truth, back to what's real. 
And I believe there's a lot more truth coming out, Phil. Truth always wins. Uh, this is the war of good and evil. I say, no matter what, be good, be a positive person, you know, and be healthy and don't be afraid of this. Cause whether it's this or another disease, they're going to keep coming up with stuff. Guys, they've been doing this since the Spanish flu. I mean, this, this war, they've been doing this for years, Phil. It's just now more visible than ever before. And we're seeing it and people are waking up, I believe because social media. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, say what you want about mathematics, but you, you know where you stand and, uh, and you stand, you stand firm there. And I, and I appreciate respect that if nothing else, and you and I see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. We may not see eye to eye on everything. I don't think anyone fully yeah. does in this world, but. Uh, my own son don't even see eye to eye on everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, my son, my nine-year-old, his name is Matthew. So in some way, maybe he's named after you. <laughs> Soul tribe, brother. Soul yeah. tribe, man. Well, let's wrap up for today. I could okay. go on and I, I know you could too. And man, I love it. We got to get back together. Come to Vegas. We'll come to Phoenix and let's let's feed the homeless and do all these other things. And let's, uh, you know, get Russell involved and help with some of these other things too, maybe. Who oh, knows? Dude, we have so much coming, dude. And let's definitely, why don't we jump on a call this week for sure? Um, okay. Thanks for having me, dude. It was a blast. You, you do a really good job. You're such a natural. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. You're really good at, at asking really good questions and listening. Uh, me and Caleb always talk about how most podcasts were kind of disappointed because most people don't know how to ask good questions or, or they end up basically talking too much, you know, or, or whatever. Caleb will sometimes get on a podcast and be like, and they didn't even ask any good questions. They had all my attention and time, but you do so good, dude. You're such a natural, man. Thank you. You're my light dude. went I out. Like <laughs> I got a backup light. My light just went out, but the show must go on. And thank you for those, those kind words. Let's get Caleb. Let's do something with Caleb too. Yeah, I want Caleb. He might still be in his meeting. No, no, no worries. No worries. Uh, I wanted him to come up and say hi to you, man. But well, we'll that gives us an excuse now. to get together again. Yeah. <laughs> but well, okay, cool. Well, for our audience, this is how we wrap up. Thanks to Matt, as always, uh, for the amazing uh, insights. And now finally we did a podcast. But to our audience, uh, take everything we learned here and let's go empower yourself, empower the world around you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Empower Humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EmpowerHumans.com. We'll catch you next time.